in the years to come, he'll have a chance to really put his imprint on, on this football team. And uh, I'm hoping that he's more successful as a player than I was. Grandpa here played for a long time, so hopefully I can surpass how many years he played and, and continue uh, the Ford family legacy in the CFL. The Ford family name has deep roots with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, now with two generations putting on the green and white. I am Daniela Ponticelli, the host of Air It Out, a Saskatchewan Rough Rider podcast. Our next guests hardly need an introduction. Alan Ford, former GM and player with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Jackson Ford, current player with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, free safety. Alan Ford joined the club in 1965. His grandson, Jackson, signed in 2023. The older Ford is known to this day as Mr. Versatility. He played split end, tight end, running back, defensive back, linebacker, punter, and kick returner. In 1966, he helped Saskatchewan win its first ever Grey Cup championship. He later played on the 1967, 69, 72, and 76 Grey Cup finalist teams. Allen still holds the record for the longest Grey Cup punt at 87 yards. Allen's 1,041 punts and 41,880 punting yards remain second on the all-time rider list. But what Allen cherishes most about his playing days, wearing number 21, has little to do with the game. In the days where I played, a lot of the players that came from the States stayed and worked here and lived here. And so in the off-season, as an example, Lancaster was a teacher at Central Collegiate, and I was a teacher at Tom Collegiate. We were both the head basketball coaches of our basketball team, and when we met, there was a special rivalry there, and that's, that's something that I always remember that was kind of, it was football, but it was outside of football. It was the people that I respected in the football game, and I tried to beat them in basketball, but uh, it was, a very good rivalry. So um, I, I, re, I remember that from the days way back when, probably the, the ties with all the other players that stayed here and what we did in the off season that made us probably more successful than we would have been if guys didn't stay here. Alan Ford played in 176 consecutive league games and in every playoff game for his first 11 years as a Rough Rider. An injury left him out of the postseason in his 12th and final year. Mr. Versatility. Now at 80 years old, he is still humble about his playing ability. As a player, I was sort of middle of the road, good enough to play and not good enough to be a, a real star, but I, I loved the game and I, I took a lot of pride in knowing that if I was going to play another position, I would know mentally how to play that position. I was always interested in the whys of the game and especially on offense when different things happen and you've got to make adjustments. In my day with Lancaster as a quarterback, if you didn't make the adjustment that you're supposed to make, you heard about it when you got back to the huddle. So. <laughs> you wanted to make sure as little mistakes as possible. Yeah, he'd call you out. Yes. Yeah, yeah right. he wasn't afraid to. Jackson, hearing your grandpa describe himself that way, do you see some similarities in, in the type of player you are, or is it very different? No, I definitely see some similarities for sure. You know, we're both versatile and uh, and smart. 
like he said there um you know i'm not the most gifted athlete i'm not the fastest not the quickest but i definitely pride myself on the off the field analytics you know Having a great football mind extended Al's career with the Rough Riders. He worked for the club as an administrative assistant in 1985 and 86, then became director of administration and Canadian player development in 1987, assistant general manager in 1988, and finally, Riders general manager and chief operating officer from 1989 to 99. That's right. In his very first year as GM, Al Ford helped Saskatchewan win its second Grey Cup. Fast forward to 2023, and number 17, Jackson Ford, is playing his rookie season as a defensive back with the Riders. On a sunny day in late September, Jackson and Allen meet me on the fourth floor of Mosaic Stadium. We are on the west side where visiting coaches usually watch the game. Immediately, we get down to the very serious questions. How many grandkids do you have? Uh, eight. Okay, that's I correct, hope Jackson. I'm right. <laughs> I think it's right. <laughs> so, is Jackson the favorite? Oh, <laughs> this is going to be aired, so he's one of the favorites. I figured that would be the answer. I totally put you on the spot. What is easy to feel from the start is Alan and Jackson's mutual respect and their genuine love for one another. Jackson obviously is my grandson, and uh, growing up, uh, I was always hanging around him because he was a really good athlete and interested in the sports that, that I was interested in. So we uh, went to a lot of different events together, and as he grew up, I uh, occasionally lended him some coaching advice, <laughs> whether <laughs> whether he accepted or not. He did, and uh, he's most of the uh, time. Most of the time, yeah. What's also impressive, he's a real good student. And uh, that's that was important to his grandma and myself that uh, he continue his education. Yeah, if I could describe my grandpa in kind of one, one word or two, I would say like wisdom and knowledge. You know, being uh, from an early age, helping me on with not only sports, but, you know, the school aspect too and making sure that I'm uh, in check with uh, all aspects of my life. Alan and his wife, Sally, were both educators. Now they are retired and live together in Regina. That's the city where Al, his kids, and Jackson grew up, and where the Ford name, once again, is on the back of a rider's jersey. And I'm sure that's not lost on you, right? When you see and look around, all your teammates come from all different places. Some of them are from Regina, but it is kind of marvelous that you get to play at home. Yeah, no, it's, it's super sweet. You know, I'm super comfortable here, and uh, yeah, great atmosphere. Uh, wouldn't want to play for another team. Now, I don't want to tell you that your parents already told me you moved out, but they told me that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of, you, you've had some some personal milestones as well, you know, given the fact that now professionally you're kind of dialed into what you're doing. Yeah, 100%, you know, yeah, I moved out. Uh, my girlfriend and I moved to a nice little place in the East End there. And yeah, I know lots of, uh, lots of things happening for me this year. Kind of finding your own feet. Exactly, just enjoying it, <laughs> riding it. How often would you say you talk to each other in a typical week? Now? Yeah. Not, not that often. I'd you know, say maybe once once a week after a game. Yeah, I'd say once a week for sure. I have to get my coaching points in after the game <laughs> and ask him about what he saw on the field and what I saw from the stands. So, yeah, it's it's interesting for me, and hopefully it helps him a little bit. Do you do that immediately after the game? 
just depends if I go over right after because he'll come to the game and watch it, and then I'll go back home and watch it at home on TV to get all the angles. So it really just depends if I go there right after the game or not. So, Jackson, just take me back to your days of growing up here in Regina and what was it like? What did you like to do as a kid? Were you always into sports? Yeah, for sure. You know, born and raised in Regina, uh, went to Connaught Community School, literally just down the road here on Elphinstone. I uh, went to Campbell Collegiate, then the U of R, obviously. But yeah, just growing up, uh, big sports family, played soccer, base, lots of baseball, basketball, lacrosse, hockey. You know, I was kind of involved with everything. And uh, yeah, big sports family. And for you, Al, when did you get involved in football? It was just something that athletes played when they were in high school. I went to Central Collegiate, which is no longer there anymore. So I was involved in most of the sports. And when I finished my last game of football in high school, I figured that was it for me. I was on my way to the States to play basketball. And uh, after a year of that, uh, I switched over to football and then I had a chance to continue to play. Did you play basketball too, Jackson? I did in high school, yeah. So where does it rank in terms of favorite sports? I'm assuming football's number one for both of you. Football is definitely number one. I'm not really sure where basketball falls. I wasn't as good as grandpa at basketball, but uh, I'd say hockey and baseball are up there too, for sure. Oh, yeah. So you really yeah, run the gambit of sports. 100%. Something else for you, Jackson, is growing up the grandson of a rider and not just any rider a two-time Grey Cup champion who spent years with this club what was that like yeah no it's pretty cool you know going to his house at an early age looking at framed pictures of him catching touchdown passes or him about to cream dudes on on kickoff um, not many of those <laughs> <laughs> yeah no just lots of uh, like nostalgic pictures he's got his uh his jersey framed downstairs by the TV, his helmet that he wore, um, some newspaper articles and stuff. And he's got a couple articles about me too when I was growing up. So uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Both of you can answer this one for sure, but we'll start with you, Alan. What are some of your best memories of historic Mosaic Stadium? I think uh, my memory of the first time running out of the tunnel and being introduced, in those days they would introduce the offense and the defense they'd introduce them individually. So you didn't come out as a group. And I certainly remember the first time running out on to Taylor Field. And I think it was still grass in those days. So that was a neat experience. And it was set up so differently, right? Because people, from what I remember or what I've seen photos of, people were just sitting everywhere. Fans were just sitting anywhere they could, right? In some instances. Yeah, well, the overflow went down onto the field level. I was actually a member of the uh, Lions Band in my early days. I was the third trumpet, and I was the one they told me, don't blow the horn, just pretend like you're, <laughs> you're playing. And so we marched at Ryder Games, and, and uh, we sat in that one corner, in the southeast corner, and we were surrounded by all the fans sitting on the, on the grass. And it was it an was amazing atmosphere. Unfortunately... Uh, the visiting teams didn't like it, especially when they went out of bounds into the into the crowd. So they had to, with the new stadium, we have enough people sit up in the stands. They don't have to get down on the ground. <laughs> I was going to say, quite the contrast. Yeah. And Jackson, obviously you grew up going to Ryder Games at mm-hmm. Historic Mosaic Stadium. What was it like just to experience that as a kid? Yeah, pretty cool, you know, going with my grandpa and my grandma and my family. But uh, I also played quite a bit in the old Mosaic Stadium in high school, so... I think that's kind of kind of a good memory that I have of the old stadium. 
And this one that you're now making new memories in? Very sweet. Um, my best memory thus far is definitely Labor Day, coming out to uh, a roaring 35,000 uh, fans yelling. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, true sellout here at Mosaic Stadium. We're going to talk more about Labor Day, of course. We're going to get there. Uh, going back to when you started playing football, obviously you got into it early. Was grandpa a big influence in that, or is it just everyone in the family tries out football? I think I kind of just wanted to go and get it started, you know, but uh, obviously looking at the pictures in his house definitely uh, intrigued me and uh, made me want to play the game a little bit more than others, maybe. And how old were you? I think the Rams camp was my first introduction to tackle football. I think I was eight, seven, yeah. or, seven or eight, but you had to be 11 to go to the camp. So I used uh, Big Big Al over here to get me in the camp a little, <laughs> little early. Oh. That's uh, where it all started. Do you remember, does something stand out from that camp in your mind that, you know, really lit you up? Most definitely. I actually got lit up is okay. what happened. <laughs> oh, goodness. I, I got my ass handed to me a little bit, but I got up and uh, and stuck with it. And that's kind of where I found uh, that I really love the game for its for its physicality. Jackson's father, Rob Ford, also grew up playing sports. Basketball, hockey, and football, the middle child between two sisters. In December 2010, Rob was setting up Christmas lights at his parents' home when he fell off a ladder. He suffered a head injury and went into a coma. After a 53-day battle, Rob passed away with family by his side on January 29, 2011. Rob was 39. Jackson was 10. When that happened, uh, I thought I would have a little, an obligation to make sure that Jackson continued to have support, whether it was at school or sports. If there was anything he needed, um, I would be there for him. And we developed a pretty good relationship, and he was, he was always eager to learn and listen. And... Uh, the fact he would listen to me, that was good because my wife never listened to me. So at least I had Still somebody doesn't. to share some ideas with. <laughs> he was driving me a lot, helping my mom out, uh, get, getting me to events, making sure that I was still able to do the things that I love, even though I was in a single parent household. So, yeah, I would say that our relationship definitely strengthened. I'd love to know more about Rob, just the kind of man he was as a son to you, Alan, and as a dad to you, Jackson. He was, he was of, of the three children, he was probably the most difficult of the three children. And uh, he was always trying to prove himself with his older sister and younger sister. Growing up, he did suffer from asthma, so that held him back. But he started off being a pretty good little hockey player, and, and he would play. He uh, got up uh, as the age groups wore on, and the players got bigger. He decided that maybe I'll try a little basketball. He was uh, a very good basketball player, and he uh, graduated from Campbell, barely. So we decided to send him to his sister in Edmonton to take grade 12 again. And so he went and uh, enrolled at Harry Ainley and was their quarterback. And Harry Ainley has a really good football program. And uh, he played basketball. They won the LIT when he was playing for Harry Ainley. So he had, he had a lot of fun with some of his old buddies when yeah. he came back here and they won. And, and then after basketball season was over, he came back home and, and the, the 
end of it was that his average, he improved by from 51% to 53%. So <laughs> we're not sure it had anything to do with anything, but he he was a little bit, had a little bit of entrepreneur's uh, spirit and uh, bought some billiards was his dream. He had a pool hall on Broad Street and then another one over, I'm not, I'm not it's sort of in the same area. And he and some friends ran that for years. So that was my memories of him. Yeah, kind of on, on the same lines for sure. You know, I remember going to Boston Billiards quite quite often when I was younger, helping out. Um, the logo was a fist with a Q going through it. And yeah, I always thought that was really cool. I actually have it in my room. I have it like kind of stacked up with all my stuff. But yeah, um, I just remember like playing sports with him and catch in the front yard and stuff like that you know just the good memories and who else has helped guide you obviously not only through life but this football journey oh obviously my parents you know my, my stepdad jerry for sure is a, is a big one i don't think he's ever missed one event of mine and uh yeah definitely my mom too she's uh you know been with me throughout this journey here when I was broadcasting for the University of Regina Rams, of course I noticed, Alan, you being at every single practice. It would be bitterly cold. I know Jackson knows how that feels. He was on the field at the time. But afterwards, you would always talk, right? Every single time you'd be on that sideline by the fence having a conversation before you went into the locker room, Jackson. What were those discussions about? Usually just about practice, you know, something that he's seen. You know, if I get beaten man-to-man or something, he's calling me out right away. <laughs> or uh, I don't know if the offense did something, you know, just 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 casual football talk. But uh, I'm not sure what happened here because he hasn't come to one Rough Rider practice yet. And I'm still looking up, waiting for him. Oh. I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, I didn't even know what time they practice. And, and the Rams practice very close to my house. And uh, I thought it was important that I I show support and he he acknowledged it after practice we'd just say hello after practice he'd say thanks for coming grandpa and wish him good luck in the upcoming game and I enjoyed those times sitting in the stands even when it was bitterly cold yeah and it does it gets really cold and <laughs> Jackson's like I know it's the mm-hmm. wind that just cuts through there in about a month it'll be freezing here <laughs> yeah Al is a completely unbiased Grey Cup winning general manager with the Riders in 1989 what are Jackson's strengths on the field? Smart, aggressive. The fact that uh, he, he was way more aggressive than I was as a football player. Uh, you just see it in how he plays. Sometimes he needs to tone that a little bit because sometimes he overshoots where he wants to be because he's so aggressive. But he's also a real good student of the game, and I can tell it. He, he prides himself in not making many mistakes and... Uh, uh, certainly mental mistakes are very, very few, far between. And so I think that that's, that's what, I, what I see in him as a player. I like that you were nodding along, Jackson. You're like, yep, I know that. I've heard that. Well, I mean, as a defensive back, if you make a, an error, it's usually a touchdown. So can't be making those silly, silly mistakes. This is part of your rookie season, right? And you're learning all of this. How was your U Sports experience? It was awesome. I'd say the U of R definitely prepared me, you know, for life and football, obviously. The preparation portion for the football, we're doing, you know, a lot of similar things that we were to do on the Rams. And uh, the school portion, too, you know, our coach always said that we are student athletes. Obviously, student comes before being an athlete. So he always used to say, if you can't, you know, handle your stuff off the field, then you really have no business being on the field. So that was definitely an important thing that I learned. 
how cool is it that it's not only you from your year, your graduating year with the Rams, playing in the CFL? You know, I think of Ryder Varga, Anthony Bennett, Tanner Schmeckel. Josh White. Josh White, thank you. You know, that that's the thing. You almost can't even keep track. But that's so incredible to have that kind of presence now in the league. Yeah, it's really cool for sure to see, you know, you sport guys, but guys that are on my team, right? Um, I think it just shows that the Rams are uh, – are a real uh, a real program that gets athletes to that next level where they want to be. What happened after the 2022 Ram season ended? Oh, just went all into combine training. Literally, like took a week off, I think, not even, and went uh, dove right in headfirst to uh, getting ready for the combine. You were selected in the second round of the 2023 CFL draft, 11th overall by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I want you to take me back to draft night how everything unfolded. Yeah, for sure. So uh, just kind of hanging out with my family, uh, my my mom, Jerry, and my girlfriend uh, at my mom's house, um, just watching the, the TSN or whatever. Uh, and then I got a text message at the start of the second round, and it said, pick up your phone from a 306 <laughs> number. So I kind of got a hunch that it might have been, uh, been uh, the Rough Riders. But uh, right before I could... Uh, pick up the call from the riders i actually got a call from ballsy from his uh whatever podcast thing going on in the radio radio station and so i actually missed the first call from uh from o'day there which Uh-oh. wasn't which wasn't a good luck <laughs> <laughs> but i saw my name get drafted so it was already set in stone and then i picked up later on and and yeah and then i came down here answered a couple questions met the whole staff and yeah and then i went to grandpa's house that's a busy night. It so, was. Yeah, you, yeah, you it was all crammed home, in. You come here. And I understand that your grandpa's photo is actually also part of that memory. I think you signed underneath his photo. Yeah, yeah. In the special teams, uh, every room has its own theme. And that was the special teams, uh, special team themed room. And he was, uh, he was there. Al, how did that night feel for you? We had heard that uh, Jackson might go in the third or fourth round. That was kind of what the scribes were saying i thought from watching film and everything that he was was going to go higher than that so i was downstairs watching sally was upstairs in the kitchen and for some reason because Zog thought it was no she was upstairs ordering pizza that's what it was and i i could hear her yelling at the pizza place because they didn't understand her exactly what the order was as i'm watching tv and it says and the rough rider select so, oh. yeah, so I I had, actually I was taping the whole draft, so mm-hmm. I yelled to Sally, you got to come down and watch this. So we went crazy. <laughs> oh, that's so special. I love that. It's a small world in Saskatchewan, we always say, right? And the fact that you signed Jeremy O'Day and then he's the general manager who eventually signs your grants. And I mean, that's not scripted. It just happens. But does yeah. that have a little bit of sentimental value, too? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I think the more sentimental value, obviously, is that Jackson gets to play on the team that I played for for a yeah. long time. And and as general manager, you, you're, you don't have the same sort of connections with players as you did as a player. And uh, I do remember, I think it was a dispersal draft that, that uh, we selected Jeremy. And he had a great career here and has gone on to be a very successful business manager and general manager. And uh, 
So he reminded me of that uh, a couple weeks ago and uh, thought that was pretty neat. So, yeah, it's it's just I think more as a player, your your ties to people are are just so much stronger. Back to draft night, Al. You got a little emotional talking about Jackson being selected. Just tell me about that. I honestly, when we were talking about draft day and draft picks, I, I just I never thought that there was a possibility that Jackson would get drafted by the Rough Riders. It just I hadn't heard any rumblings or anything we had thought or other people had thought he might go in the third or fourth round. And then for for Saskatchewan to take him in the second round, it was a really proud moment for our whole family. And uh, so it was a surprise that I really never expected would happen. And uh, I had sort of thoughts that I might be driving to Winnipeg or to Edmonton <laughs> to watch him play. So That sucks. It, yeah. And uh, the other thing is that when he – had a chance to go away to the university, decide to stay here in Regina. And I think uh, the whole fact that he's a Regina kid that got the training here and it started a pro career for him, I think is really important. I want you to go back to your signing with the club. It was April 2nd, 1965. Do you remember any of that day and what that whole transaction was like? No. <laughs> it was admittedly a while I, ago. I, yeah. I, I, what I sort of remember, uh, the Ryder offices were over on Hill Avenue upstairs uh, in that strip mall that is there. And so I, re- I got a phone call from, from I was still at school in, in, in the States, and I would come back for, I think it was some holiday, anyhow, I'd come back for. And, and uh, Preston, Ken Preston called me at the office and we signed for next to nothing compared to what this guy <laughs> signed for, but uh, I was happy to be on my way to play, trying to play professional football. What was the mood like around the team at that time, the fans? What was it like? Obviously, the team hadn't won a championship yet. In my day, Ron Lancaster had been traded for and came here in 1964, so he played the 64, maybe 63, but... 63, 64, and then my first year, he was already embedded as as one of the best quarterbacks in the West and had a running back by the name of George Reed that was outstanding. So the the needles were all pointed up when, when I joined the football club and had a lot of really good players. And then for the rest of the years, uh, I don't, there was never a time we didn't make the playoffs. And most of the time we were, battling Edmonton or Calgary to be the Western rep at the Grey Cup. So there, those were really good years. We should have won a couple more than we did, but we won one, and that for the times we were in it, that probably wasn't enough. We are recording this in late September, so there are four games still left in Jackson's rookie regular season. What are both of you just enjoying about this experience so far? And I'm talking about outcomes aside, just – the way that things have kind of shaped and evolved and the Labor Day game in and of itself. Well, I'm I'm enjoying watching Jackson get a chance to play more than special teams. And through an unfortunate injury, he's got a chance to play safety. And, and uh, I think that for a first-year player to be playing a position like that, there's, there's a lot of responsibility there. 
he's smart enough and knowledgeable enough to know what it takes to play. So we're obviously very proud of the fact that he's doing that. And it's fun watching on TV when they're playing away games. And I, I run it back so I can see where he is with the special team sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just it's, it's great in retirement that you have a grandson that's playing football, the sport that you loved. So. And for you, Jackson, I mean, I know you're in it right now. Mm. You're living it. You're mm-hmm. going through it. There are four more games in the regular season left. Mm. But uh, how are you kind of taking stock of this experience? Yeah, it's been super fun, super fun thus far. Um, I'm learning a ton from all the vets on the team. And, uh, yeah, just kind of taking in as much as I can. Um, at the start of the season, our coach made us uh, put some goals on our uh, put some goals on our sheet, and he has it in our locker. And one of my goals was to help contribute on defense. So I'm just happy that I can uh, cross off that goal and uh, hopefully continue to help the defense. My eyes just like lit up when you said that. I mean, come on, you make the game-winning pass knockdown in overtime at the Labor Day Classic. Just take me through that play and, and what you saw at the time. Yeah, you know, coach signaling, uh, cover zero with a, with a safety blitz there. And, um, yeah, just kind of ran off the edge there. Um, I saw the back strong. Uh, he stepped down to take uh, the Mac linebacker who was in the blitz, and I knew that I was going to be free off the edge there. So I uh, tried to keep it as tight as possible uh, off the, the rush and the tackle there. And, yeah, just uh, saw the quarterback look my way, uh, put my hands in the air, and yeah, just, got, just got enough of the ball. And then the entire stadium erupted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? that was pretty sweet. I couldn't hear anything. My ears were hurting after the game. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty sweet moment. You told me after the game, Jackson, my grandpa Allen, as a player, was 7-1. and one. Now we're 8-1. and one. You're talking about Labor Day Classic games. I just want to know, did that come to you in the moment? Yeah, you know, I, I knew that stat before the game. Um, I think uh, Rob uh, wrote an article, uh, it's never 50-50 with a Ford or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So I, was just, I just kind of remembered that in the moment there, and it just uh, popped in my head. Rob Vanstone is just terrific. He's been writing such great stories all all season long. So the celebration, was it fun after the game? Did you have a chance to hang out with your teammates? Or did you go visit Grandpa right after? Yeah, I went to Grandpa's house, uh, picked up a sub, and then went to Grandpa's <laughs> house with my girlfriend. And yeah, I just kind of uh, went to you know Moncrease's house, hung out there with the teammates. And, and yeah, I had a good night with the guys. So Jackson, would you say you know a lot about your grandpa as a player and a lot of his stories not a whole lot of the stories but uh, uh may- maybe some of the feats like his uh longest uh punt in gray cup history that that's a pretty cool one and then obviously his uh his rings that he has you caught a 19 yard touchdown pass from ron lancaster in that 1966 gray cup just take me through that well i don't know i guess it was the second touchdown of the day for the riders so yeah uh, I just run a, a, a corner pattern and and uh, the wide out it or sorry the wide defensive back Hugh Campbell had run an out and he leaned, leaned more towards covering Huey than he did me naturally and uh, he actually tipped the ball and I like to tell I told Jackson all the time it was a Toe tapping in the end zone, one-handed catch, but it was falling backwards with the ball. And <laughs> I better not have dropped that one. So you have that one framed, don't you? Was that old well? Mosaic? I'm just yeah. I'm just kind of getting up uh, yeah. after yeah. 
And of course, Jackson, you told me about the punt. Do you know that stat off the top of your head? 78 yards. I have 87, but maybe 87. I, I remember I actually went back and watched the game. So I'm not sure how long it was, but I, th- I thought it was in the high 70s, but I didn't know it was in the 80s. I just know it was the only point we scored all day, <laughs> unfortunately. So and where would oh. that rank in your list of memorable plays? <laughs> well, if you, if not you, really up there. It was a quick <laughs> kick. So If you watch the film, he's damn near almost on his own goal line and kicks it to the other one. Yeah. An 87-yard punt for a single point in the 55th Grey Cup held at Lansdowne Park in Ottawa, December 2nd, 1967. Saskatchewan fell to the Hamilton Tiger Cats 24-1. Another game in Alan Ford's storied career. Now he gets to enjoy them as a fan. There's still so much in store for both of you when it comes to this journey, Jackson's journey right now with the Riders. Just beginning. Just beginning. What are you looking forward to? Big goal of mine is to you know, play as much as possible in the league. Grandpa here played for a long time, so hopefully I can, can surpass how many years he played and, and continue the, the Ford family legacy in the CFL. And for you, are you just excited to just keep watching him grow? I think over the in the years to come, he'll have a chance to really put his imprint on, on this football team. And uh, I'm hoping that he's more successful as a player than I was. I want to thank Alan and Jackson Ford for their time, their honesty, and all the laughter this episode. Our next guests include prominent members of the 2013 Saskatchewan Rough Rider Grey Cup Championship team. That episode will be released October 19th, wherever you listen to podcasts. The first eight plus a bonus episode are already out. Let us know how much you like what you are hearing by rating this podcast or leaving a review. You can also share it by telling your friends. Air It Out is hosted, written, and edited by me, Daniela Ponticelli, with editorial and technical support from Ariel Zur and Blake Tideman. Our podcast graphics are designed by Angela Bailey. Air It Out is a Saskatchewan Rough Rider podcast.